0: All right, we're just gonna jump right into it. All Sound right. good? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thank you guys for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, I'm here with Melody and Ben Nathan. Um, Melody, I've known you since I was—we uh, were sophomores in high school. Yeah,
1: a long
0: time. We met in the summer, or the summer before our sophomore year in high school. Yep. And then Ben, I met you. I think it was after our our senior year, because so we all graduated senior, right? Yeah. Pre-14. And then it was that, like, uh, I don't know, was it a youth conference? Something Some like church dance Some, or something. Yeah, right? and then um, it was in, I think you guys were hosting it, and, like, you guys were in charge of it. So yeah. we, my award came up, and um, that's where I met you, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, pretty much actually, like, the only time that we've actually met each other in person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> Until we've, now.
0: We've talked back and forth, because um, my sister loves your Calvary. Oh, right, right, yeah. Um, and then we've talked about that and whatnot, but... Um and then Melody and I we have known each other a long time, but even Melody and I don't talk a ton. No. no. <laughs> but um but otherwise we're still um I consider Melody one of the one of my closest friends just because sure. of the the help that she got me through, especially kind of in a dark time in my life. So um I'm just gonna kinda of jump right in with that. So um like I said, we met at a summer institute yeah. basically it's like a summer camp yeah, type deal know. at the university of wyoming um and at the time you were i don't remember where you were living i just know it was some town in wyoming more and it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, <okay>. like, <laughs> it's, like <laughs> it's like it's like super tiny yeah nobody
1: knows where that's yeah. at. and okay.
0: then you moved to green river i uh, don't know when that was in
1: the middle of my junior year
0: middle junior year yeah um tough Oh yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) I was happy to move away because I didn't really like where I lived, but it was also hard because I didn't know anybody, and it was right in the middle. Right,
0: that's fair. That's fair. Um, And then when did you? Because that's where you met Ben.
1: Yeah, we had a math class together, but.
0: So when when did you guys when did you guys like meet for the first time and like start interacting consistently? I guess. Yeah,
1: we had a (laughs) math class together, but we didn't really interact. And then we had an art class together, also didn't really interact, until we went on the trek together. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were in the same family on the trek thing, where you dress up like pioneers and walk across. The The dusty plains. Yeah. We were in the same little pioneer family, and then we got to know each other a lot better, and that's kind of when we started really being friends.
0: And then you guys dated? Did you guys date... In high school, or was it after high school, after the mission and everything like that? I don't remember that.
2: Yeah, so the trek thing that Mel was talking about was the summer before our senior year of high school. Okay. And then we kind of just dated through our whole senior year.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. And then you served your mission somewhere in Mexico. Yeah. I think it was Juarez, yeah. right? Which. I, at the time, I didn't know what Juarez was. And then as I got older, even when you had come home and you told me everything about know. it, and then I actually watched Ghost Adventures, it's like a guilty pleasure show of mine. And I, I'm like, Juarez, the murder capital of the world. And I'm like, oh my. Did they send
1: people there? That's right explained some. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and then, Ben, you served in Ecuador.
2: No, I served right? in San Pedro Sula, Honduras. Honduras. Who served in Ecuador?
0: I don't know. Someone I know served in Ecuador, oh, yeah. I guess. Honduras. Okay. Um. So, for this next part, it's really kind of, this is where Melody and I's friendship yeah. really kind of um, went to a next level, because you and I both came home from our missions pretty yeah, early. You got
1: home before me, though, Yes, right? yes. I don't know how long you were there before I um,
0: I was in the middle of, not really in the middle of school, but I was like a couple months into school already. Yeah. And I had already been home for seven or eight months before I went to school. So okay. um, it wasn't quite a year, but... It was your first year though at Western? Yeah, my first year at Western. And uh, really for the first like eight months of me being home, I was very gung-ho about going back and like high-spirited. And then at about month, like nine, when people are like, you should probably think about going to school. I was kind of like, okay, now that's where like a lot of the problems of me being angry and whatever it was. Um, and so I was going just through a lot there. And then, um, around the same time, the girl I was dating had just broken up with me. And then I found a lot of different things that was going on while I wasn't there. So like things were stacking on top of one another. And then, um, so like I was kind of in a, not really a dark place, but it was a down time in my life for sure. Um, and then I found out, I don't know how I found out you got back, but, um, I just reached out and was like, hey, like, here you're back. I'm in Rock Springs. It's not that far. Um, you know, if you ever want to talk about anything, whatever. Um, like I'm around. And um, you reached out. And I, I don't think I really got the full details of why you came home. And I, I don't typically ask that. But, like, what was that experience like for you? Like, how long were you out? And then what was that experience like for you when you got, like, when you were coming home, finding, finding out you were coming home and, like, that period where you were first home?
1: Yeah, I was out for a year, like to the day, oh, okay. <laughs> as weird as that was. Yeah, I came home like the same day that I left, but a year later. And it was kind of weird for me because I had been sick for a while, and so I kind of had this feeling like it was time for me to go home. So it wasn't like something just struck and I needed to go home. Like it, I kind of had felt like I was going to go, like it was time. And then I got really sick, so it kind of all meshed into that. And then I, when I got back... It was still really hard. (laughs) Yeah. Even though I kind of had like an understanding, like I needed to go back to get better. It was still just really hard. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, And really, that's where, like for me, you know, everyone, you're you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing. At least, you know, some people don't believe that, but that's what we believe. And that's what I believe. Like I was in the right place, doing the right thing. I felt like at the right time. Um, and then like things like that where you get sick or you know for in my case I get hit by a car um, yeah. Ben you got to serve the full two years yeah. Like, and that's kind of like everyone just that's kind of that was my expectation of like yeah I'm gonna do it yeah. and for me it was just so abrupt and so fast and like I had a hard time figuring out like why I came home like yeah, why what happened had. to me happened to me yeah. um, and I do remember you having a hard time with it like with getting back in the flow of things and like you weren't yeah. going to school <laughs>
1: It was hard because I, I had, where we, where I came back to, where I had left from, I didn't know anybody because I had just been dating Ben right? and I didn't make a lot of friends and my brother was in Africa and like I had That's absolutely right. nobody yeah. in my corner. Like mm-hmm. I had my parents, but I don't know if I really liked them at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was kind of angsty.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, and so um, I I remember it being hard for you and I said, look, like. Yeah. I was going through a tough time. I'm like, what if I just came down, like, two times a week? And then, like, we can just, like, talk and kind of see if we can get through this thing together kind of thing.
1: Um, I think it helped, too, that we, before before I moved and all that, we had texted for, like, years. Yeah. Just, like, texting, just, like, mm-hmm. as friends. And so yeah. when you reached out, it was just like, yeah, I've, we've talked all the time before, right. so why not? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, for me, that's where... Like, that's where a lot of, like, why I came home. That's where a lot of it started to make sense. Because you came home, and then two or three months after you came home, my sister came home. Mm -hmm. And then my sister was going through it. And... um, But, like, that experience that I was able to, like... I was able to, one kind of like vent and my frustrations out and you were able to be like hey like that's not how like your mind's just a little off and then like <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> and then you were like you were going through some stuff and like I was able to like talk th- we were able to just talk through things <laughs> I like it helped me with my sister and then yeah. since my sister came home I've had five different people that I've known personally that have come from their missions and like all of them have like reached out to me and I'm like so like when my sister came home and things were making sense like I don't remember if I remember texting you or... I don't remember, but I just, like, remember I had that realization of, like, this is why I came home. And, like, you were kind of the person to help me realize that and actually kind of... Now, when I go to new wards and stuff like that, like, I do tell people, like, hey, like, I returned home from a mission early. Um, And, like, if anybody... that That's happened to anybody? Like, send them my way. I could be more than happy to share my experience and talk with them. And, like, to kind of be, like, a shoulder to lean on. Um, So, and I don't know if I never did say thank you for that but thank you like eight years later said whatever it yeah. is thank you yeah. <laughs>
1: um Oh no, I had a I feel like it was really good getting to have that time just to like reset and talk with somebody about like what was going on because like I said I you were like the only friend who stepped in to help me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I really appreciate that too. Like even it was mostly just a lot of like walking. Right. <laughs> <and> <laughs> like just doing random things together, mm-hmm. so we both weren't lonely. But right. Yeah. It's yep. nice to have a friend. Yeah.
0: And then, um, you guys, I remember you guys, you two, always being really close. And yeah. like, um, you know, I don't know. It was quite a while before you got back. I, before you yeah, got back, like a year. it
1: was like eight months, <laughs> and like it was like
0: <clears throat> that was the biggest thing was you're like normally I would just talk to Ben about this stuff, but like I get to talk to him once a week, yeah, and like um, so like what was that like having that gap where Ben wasn't around, and then like the moment he got back, like what was that relief like the moment uh-huh. he got home and like you had him around? What, what was what was that relief like? <laughs> <smell him>.
2: <laughs>
1: I don't know, I felt like I had built up a lot that I just wanted to talk to him about, and we hadn't really, I don't know. I kept telling everybody that I didn't know how we were doing, because I felt (laughs) nervous about saying, yeah, we're doing good. So I felt like when he got back, I was really nervous to go and be at the airport and see him again, because I was like, I don't know what he's thinking. But it was also really nice to feel like we picked back up where we'd left off, and even though it had been a long time.
0: And then how long after um. You got you had gotten back before you guys got married.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got
2: I got back in July of twenty sixteen, and then we got married in December of twenty sixteen. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <Right>. It was <laughs> real fast. It,
1: it, it almost embarrasses me you know, honestly.
2: That well, and she like the whole she we had planned to get married in December, like when we got engaged, but then. Mel didn't want to wait, so then she's like, let's just elope. And this was in, like, September oh, it or was something. I was like, let's just wait. It's like, school just started. We're, we can get through that, and we'll be all right. But she was mad at me the whole time that it was taking that long. Yeah, I'd
1: like to thank you for not letting me do that. Like, that it already embarrasses me that I was that
0: on board. <laughs> no, was that, like, a thing, like, when you first got back? Was it like, okay, like, yeah, like, we are we're going to get married, and you knew that was going to be the case? Or was there, like, a little bit of a warm-up time? To that,
2: I don't know for you. For me, I kind of like. And hearing both of you just uh, talk a little bit about what it felt like to come home before you had expected to be done with your missions, I was reflecting on how I felt like when I I remember the last like week, um, I had <clears throat> um, I had been in the mission offices, so I had take in lots of missionaries physically to the airport and drop them off to go back home. So I had seen the full, the gamut, like people being stoked that they were out of there and people like not wanting to leave. Right. And I just was always curious how I would react. And honestly, I was just like the week leading up to being done. I was like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I'm I'm out of here. (laughs) I don't have anything against the people or the country or anything, but I'm also just like ready to get on with my life. And I think... Part of getting on with my life in my mind had always been just being with Mel after that. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know exactly where she stood on that. So then after we had talked about it a little bit for a couple weeks that we had that I had been home for me, I was like, yeah, that's the next thing, like starting college. And then the next thing is getting married to Mel.
0: Nice. So you guys been married since 2016. Yeah. How's that been? Greatest thing ever? <laughs> i <been> good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Six years.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um, what are some of those things that you guys have learned, whether you get learned about each other or from one another, or like the difficulties and stuff of marriage? Like, what's some stuff that you guys have learned over the last six years?
2: Mm-hmm. You first. No. You first. <laughs> I was thinking of you. <laughs> I, can go. Oh, yeah, I go.
1: First.
2: Yeah, I guess for me, just being married, and then we had, we didn't have to take too long before we had our first our little boy, Brody. Um, either but between being like a husband and being a a dad I think the thing that I have learned and that I'm learning still is a lot about empathy I've just been in for like the majority of my life I think I've been pretty self-centered and and just not even interested in trying to understand other people's experiences because like I don't know because they weren't my experience right Um, and so being with Mel uh, who just needs different things emotionally from me than I would need from her. And then being with little kids who, the same thing, they just are emotional in different ways than I am, um, has really helped me to be able to try to step into someone else's shoes and with re- regards to my family members, but then just like any old person. I think, in general, being married has made me a lot more empathetic of a person. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I think that just being with Ben and being married to Ben has taught me a lot about um, the importance of accepting criticism and like feedback from people and being willing to kind of take that evaluate it decide what was worth keeping and what's worth tossing and then letting it affect you and like letting you grow from that you know and also reading <laughs> 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 I, hated I hated reading <laughs> Before we got married, and
0: then I slowly have become a reader. <laughs> Are you a big
2: reader? Yeah. yeah. I. Oh, yeah. I I actually taught myself how to read um, just before, like, the year before I was going to go to kindergarten. Um, and it was kind of just, like, something that just clicked. And then I got to school, and the teacher was talking to my mom. And they're like, so he knows how to read. And she's like,
0: oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And i just like, that's
2: what I like to do to go to sleep. And if I... Like right now we're on Christmas break from school, it's a great time for me to pick up a novel or two and start reading oh, or two. Yeah.
1: Or I, two. I was the kid who like purposely didn't read things and like spark notes it. I I called it not I considered it not cheating, but it could've it probably <laughs> <laughs> if I got caught it probably would have re-
0: cheating. I remember I remember <laughs> in high school I had an English teacher. We read Les Mis, which is like a thousand-page book or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. Never read it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just, like, spark-noted everything. And I was getting to the point where my teacher was, like, understanding it. Like, he's like, yeah, like, I know you are. And so one time he, he, called, he called on me. He's like, what did you think of this section? And I said, oh, what I thought is this, 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 and this. He goes, that's, wow, that was very observant. And then he, like, turned the projector on. And then he, like, turned. And he just read the spark-notes. And he goes, did you write this? And I'm like, That's, you have to do that in front of everybody. <laughs>
2: no, I never no, got I caught. Yeah. You, gotta,
1: you can't get caught if you're doing that. Yeah, but he's
0: like, I'll just stop calling on you. And I'm like, you so you had to embarrass me in front of everybody <laughs> in order to do that first. <laughs> they, everyone got a good laugh out of that one. Yeah. Um, what has been like the, the biggest challenge um, for, for your guys' marriage?
1: Probably my mental health. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten over some of the stuff and then it's also just kind of evolved into it always kind of impacting me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and so I feel like that's been a lot though it's been like maybe the hardest thing but also where the most, most growth has happened like just being able to kind of um, be more honest about what's actually going on in my brain <laughs> and right. sharing like how I'm actually feeling and gotcha. so I feel like that's maybe been the hardest thing for us
2: but yeah I would agree with that actually Or as well. Um, I think, well, as I think a lot of families too, that have family members that struggle with different mental health differences and, and, uh, problems and things like that uh, in the, I guess I'm thinking of like my, our parents' generation and back, like just don't know how to talk about that kind of thing. And it's just, you don't talk about it Yeah, even though you've got like a basket case sitting across the table from you at dinner or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, coming from that type of a background and then also just not really myself experiencing a lot of mental health or anxiety issues or anything like that. Right. It was a totally new world for me to jump into that Mel just one day might have a day where she's just feeling off and it's nothing that anyone has done. It's just how it is. and right. Yeah. So that's been... Especially early on, that was really hard for me to understand how to, like, just deal with that.
1: And part of it, too, was that I thought that I just needed to get over it. <laughs> like, I was, like, that mindset, yeah. like, I can get out of this. I don't need help. I don't need to tell them I can do it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, stubborn my way out of it. <laughs> right. And I had to kind of realize that, no, I need to let him in. No, I need to tell, like, I need to.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So kind of to kind of take a tangent off that, because that's really interesting, because I didn't, like, I don't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, you were always Quiet. And so, like, that's just how I always saw Melody, was like, oh, she's just quiet. And so, like, yeah. even when you were going through some things, it's kind of like, oh, she's just quiet. Like, that's just how she, that's just how she is. Like, there's not really, like, one of those things where you're, like, you're super, super outgoing, and all of a sudden, like, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, as someone who kind of is the same way, my, my mom has had mental health, and before that, my dad was just, my dad was, I think, kind of the same way, where are just kind of, like, just... Kind of buckle up and just push through it. If you can push yeah. through it, you'll see on the other side. Yeah. And my dad's Mike, my, my dad. It's completely changed. Like my mom's gone through some pretty serious yeah. mental health stuff. And um, so what what is that like? And what what were things that you did to help to help? One notice that you were having these problems because I don't. Yeah. I think that's a big problem. Is when people are just they think of it as like ah, just get just get over it. Yeah. But it's a really hard thing for you to be able to. Look in the mirror and be like, no, there's something going on. Yeah. And then, so like, what helped you realize that? And then, what helped you kind of go through your day to day and being able to like accept help, ask for help, or um, like practice that you can do to kind of ease your mind. Like, so where some of those things?
1: Yeah, I feel like I just got to the point where I realized that some of my like just intrusive thoughts. I don't like to consider them mine <laughs> because right. some of them were not great, but. I got to the point where I felt like I was having a lot of those and they were like starting to make me feel like nobody loved me. Nobody wanted me like I'd, I'd be better off with they'd be better off without me. Mm-hmm. I'd be better off like just not here kind of thing. And so I finally just got to the point where I would just cry and cry and cry. And I couldn't tell Ben because I didn't want him to know. <laughs> right. And so I finally just wrote him a letter. And then he made me read it to him, which is the best way to handle that. <laughs> when your wife hands you a letter because she's crying and you just you just say, you need to read this to me. And that I think that was the best way he could have handled that. And then from there, we've been trying to work hard about me being just really honest about what's going on and how I'm actually feeling and not making myself feel like I just have to push through, like embracing it, working through it versus just hiding it and like shoving it to the side kind of thing.
0: How difficult is that? Because I imagine it's not... Like, you have to then accept. As, as, yeah. as people, you're just... Oh, it's, it's hard. Because
1: <laughs> yeah. you don't want to think, like, oh, I have a mental illness. Like, you don't want to look at yourself and think that you're sick. But, I don't know, I went to, like, a psychiatrist and therapist and all sorts of things. And they were all like, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. And then Ben and I would go back together and then we'd talk about it. And so I felt like it was good that we had each other to... Kind of bounce ideas off of too, because I didn't always want to listen to them, and I didn't always want to listen to him. (laughs) Right. Sometimes it was good to like for me to get both opinions,
0: and then be like, okay, I I see what you you guys both think the same thing, kind of. Right. Um. Now I've I am a firm believer that therapy is good for just anybody. Like, I think most people don't understand that there's something somewhere in their life that they just need. Like, whether it's super minor and like it doesn't really affect their day to day. But like subconsciously it does. Um, like I I went and saw a therapist for a couple months, um, and I didn't really necessarily think it was helpful, but I also didn't think it was very detrimental. Yeah. Um, like I think that like there were a lot of things that like I was always I always knew, but I never told people. Yeah. And like someone who is off. Like, I don't know this person. And I'm just yeah, like, you don't, you don't have to yeah. ever see them again. If you yeah, I'm want like, to. here's the situation. My, you know, this, this, and this. And he's yeah. like, yeah, it's not normal. And I'm just like, cool. I thought that. And I've always thought that. And <laughs> I didn't want to tell But anyone. like, I don't want to tell anybody because like, I just don't yeah. want to. So, like, is that something that you still do and that you advocate for? Um, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I still advocate for everybody to avoid, like speak up if you think that there's something that you don't like that's going on like in inside of you. Because I kind of separate it as like, that's not me. That's like something else that's affecting me kind okay. of thing. I, I like to separate it. <laughs> so that, that's, <laughs> that's the best way that I yeah. can kind of handle it. Um, it makes it easier to kind of talk about too, I think.
0: Now, Ben, as, like, as her husband and, like, her main support system, Mm -hmm. like, how do you go about, like, I I feel like it's a very complex thing to be able to be, like, between forcing her and being, like, you need to tell me what's going on now and, like, trying to not feel overbearing. Like, what, what are things that you've learned to try to get to help, either help her open up or help her realize that, like, this is what's going on like that's not reality this is just something that's going on
2: yeah i think so mel mentioned about the time that she wrote me a letter and we talked through a bunch of the stuff that had been going on and up to that point and that was not that long ago just yeah. like a couple of years ago in kind of the the narrative of us knowing each other mm-hmm. it, it wasn't all that long ago and i think leading up to that point like she she still would act the same, right? Like, just a day where she, for whatever reason, needs to cry a lot or something. Mm-hmm. And then I just, for a long time, was just assuming that I was doing something wrong. And in some cases, probably, yeah. <laughs> but other times, I'm like, I haven't even, like, I don't even, we just woke up and it's already starting. So, you know, I always suspected that there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think part of it was just like a mutual trust kind of thing. Like I would say, you know, you can tell me what's going on. And she'd say, oh, it's fine. Um, And so I think a lot of it was Melody getting to where she could trust herself to trust me and then share those things with me. And so what I don't know really what I did to get to that point other than continually asking and trying to show her that like I realize that something's going on and I know you really well and I could probably guess, but I... I really can't help you to the best of my capacity until you kind of tell me what's going on. And then even from there, it's not like she needs me to just tell her things. She just needs me to listen. And then, um, kind of, I think you mentioned Ben, like just establish like, this isn't actually how things are, or this maybe isn't quite normal, or this might be uh, potentially dangerous or something. And so then investigating together steps that we could take, um, Together or separately, but in kind of a goal as a unit, as a team to just get overall better mental health throughout, like in our household. Right, fair yeah. enough.
0: Now, I don't tend for most of these things to go this way, but sometimes they eventually always do. But um, <laughs> religiously, I'm like, for someone who is someone, when I tell people that I'm LDS, most people laugh and they be like, that's funny. And then like walk away and that's like the other conversation. And then I go, Oh, okay. And then like I'll be telling a story and like, oh, you're really LDS. I go, Yeah. They're like, Oh, okay. So like that's the kind of it's like people look at me, I don't think they very they really see a religious person. Sure. But like I'm I I see myself as a very religious person. I, I do like studying not only, you know, the L D S church, but like just different ideas and concepts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um and there are a lot of ways that people, you know, a lot of people just say like, "Oh, have faith in Jesus and everything will be fine." And yeah. it's not as black and white as that. Um, but as people who are religious, like, how has the gospel helped? Um, how has the gospel helped you guys? Also through this, if it has, like, how has it helped you through getting through, you know, the mental illness and like that those hard those hard times. Mm-hmm.
2: Me? Yeah. I think (laughs) the thing that I just thought of there while you were asking that, Ben, was just kind of the something – there's a lot of things that kind of – the church, not the gospel, but the church as it's run by just average people that I don't think are – and I think a lot of people don't think are quite right or just there's like certain traditions and things that people – Take for gospel or something that's just, it's not doctrine, it's just kind of something that people do for whatever reason, like traditions, right? right? Um, But one thing that I think is something that I admire and that I'm actually really proud of about the church is um, the attention towards the importance of the family and then having it be like a supportive unit for all of the members of the family. And so to me, that's one of the biggest things that I think helps in this realm is like, Sure, there's lots of people that have kind of an old-style traditional marriage that are members of the church where like the husband is a little bit overbearing maybe and the wife's really submissive to that. But at the same time, there's plenty of people who, kind of like I mentioned, something that I've been journeying on, who have a lot of empathy for other people, especially family members. And so having that just that spirit of love especially for people close to you i think that's been the biggest thing for me with regards to dealing with the mental health stuff
0: yeah Do you agree <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i kind of that wasn't a, that wasn't something that i said to you and now something i just thought of so yeah. that's no, okay no worries. that is okay um, so i'll just kind of to bring us back around um, so you guys mentioned that you have you have a son now you have a daughter and i forget her name Marin. Marin. So Brody and Marin, what is it like to be? Ha- what is it like to have? You know, you have two kids, and you guys are fairly young parents. Like, what's that like <laughs> to have? To have two kids running around.
1: Uh, I like to call them more hooligans. <laughs> it's pretty chaotic. Uh, yeah, it's hard to keep up with them most days, and I, I feel like it's been um, a journey to like get to know them and be their parent and kind of go through that process of realizing they're learning everything from me. Is that good or bad?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a
1: crash course in realizing who you are and what you're about. Fair enough. Like what they, what you want to get from that you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I think, and this makes sense to people when like you say it to them or when you hear someone else tell you these things before your parent, but it just doesn't click until it happens. But it's so time consuming to have kids that right. you know, like they they need you in the early years of their life. They need you to do literally every single thing for them, and then later, they're maybe old enough uh, to be able to do things on their own. But you still gotta watch them because they get some hooligan type <laughs> ideas how to do different activities and things like. And then you just have to you. You don't have to, but we tend to. Plan a lot of the things that we do around making sure that it's enjoyable for the kids because if yeah. they're enjoying something that's easier for us to enjoy it Right. so if you do that kind of parenting is, it takes a lot of time and energy and I just people always said that but I just didn't believe not that I didn't believe it, I just didn't understand what that meant until it happened
0: what, what, what would you say was the hardest part about being a parent
1: I think for me it was losing myself yeah because I I started I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I've just been home for five years now, mm-hmm. and I don't have a lot of friends. I don't really have anywhere that I need to be. Like, right. it just is really hard sometimes to feel like I'm still me. <laughs> right. When there's nobody like, oh, yeah, you're doing a good job, or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And having people yell at you all day long <laughs> it's a little exhausting like I need to hide for a second fair enough. and I remember my mom doing that like just being like I gotta go hide for a second and then yeah. we sit on the other side of the wall and yell for her so that's enough. just part of it
2: but Ben? For me it's kind of the opposite because where Mel is taking this role as the the stay at home mom um you know that leaves all of the rest of the like money making the providing side of things to me which is fine but I've been like trying to get going through school I'm working on my master's degree right now and so there's all of the school responsibilities um and then like so currently I'm a full-time student and I'm a and I also instruct classes at USU so I'm a teacher there as well and then that's not enough money though so I do uh like currently I I'm a janitor at night for some of the city offices here in Logan. So between all of those things, I feel like I'm just not here to be able to support Mel with the crazy coworkers that are the hooligans. (laughs) Um, And so I try to get here as and be here as often as I can, even if it's just like I have 45 minutes for lunch or something Mm to come back and try to play with everybody and and just or talk to Mel or whatever is needed and go again but i feel like i don't get enough time to focus on just being with my family and so that's the hardest part for me is trying to figure out how to balance that and feel good feel like feel like i'm devoting everything i want to to the family and then everything that i feel like i should be doing to a job or to studies right. or whatever
0: Gotcha, gotcha. How close will you be now with master, your masters?
2: Uh, this spring is the finish line.
0: Let's go! <laughs> yeah, there you it's go. It's about time. <laughs> and there's going to be a huge sigh relief.
2: Yeah, I think so. I'm actually kind of doing the sighing right now, just <laughs> the way my so my uh, degree is in printmaking, which is art, mm-hmm. um, and basically at this point, I'm just required to keep making art. Um, to, leading towards a thesis exhibition so just a bunch of my art in a show that has kind of a central theme and that I've been thinking about for three plus years gotcha. um, So, but at this point it's mostly just make the stuff so I'm kind of just doing the part of that that I enjoy which is making things And so that's gotcha. I've done a lot of sighs of relief so far There's but it's down. not over yet
0: so that, that kind of flows into this next portion and it's you two are by far the most artistic people that I know. Thank you. Like it's I I remember when we were young and we were kids. You would do the pumpkin carvings and yeah. I'm like, you like you cut the eyes out and like make the little smile like you know kids <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, that's how I do. Mel it. Mel is out there like carving the surface of the pumpkin into a face and I'm just like ah, I
2: can't, I just can't do that.
0: And then you know she was like doing it with on a watermelon and all those sorts of things. And then you with your printmaking like. You guys are very, very artistic people. So, like, I want to know, like, where where did that come from? Like, what triggered that? And, like, how did you guys get to... Because you still do water painting and stuff like that. Like, you just had a show in... Well, Auckland, the, the didn't ones you?
1: that I have in the show are digital paintings. Oh, okay. So I, yeah, because the kids are little, I don't have...
0: This, right, this, right. This
1: table is my studio in the right. middle of the kitchen. So, right, it's yeah. like, I, have to, I had to adjust a little bit. But, yeah, I've kept making things. And I think I have always enjoyed making things like I have pictures of me drawing when I was really little mm-hmm. and I always kind of liked it and I really was drawn to like art classes and stuff I just feel like for a couple of years I just was really busy and got put on the side burner but it's something that's kind of circled around and I started doing again which has been good for me and I think I've gotten a lot more confident <laughs> and like um I don't even I don't even know how to say it but I just feel like I feel more driven to make things now than I did before where before it was like just for fun because I can and now I'm like trying to make uh, art that means something to me or that is important to me so Mm -hmm. I feel like there's been a little bit of a shift in like how I'm making things too Gotcha. so yeah it's been good though
2: I think so uh, something you hear a lot kind of being in the art world is there's lots of people who will say like oh I've been drawing for as long as I can remember and I've never really been able to recognize something like that in myself but what I have that what has been kind of a constant was just using my imagination and like thinking of something and then doing whatever was within my grasp to make that thing so when I was growing up I used to uh, read all of these fantasy books and then I would like go to my grandma's house and use her sewing machine to make myself like a costume so I could pretend like make believe play that I was a character from a book or something. Um, I always enjoyed art classes and stuff in school but it wasn't until much later that I like realized I'm okay at drawing so I'm going to devote a lot more time to that and now most of the stuff that I do artistically is kind of related to drawing but I think for me it's just been a big imagination and then wanting to bring that to life in some way, just right. through whatever medium there is for me to use. So
0: how did you land on printmaking? Because for me, I didn't really, I didn't realize like that was like, I don't know, okay. this is an art form. Really, yeah. I'll be honest. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know no. much about the art world, so I like, I thought there was like drawing and painting. Oh, and sculpt, like clay. And yeah. Stuff. Like I got that. Yeah. yeah. So how did you and how did you land on printmaking?
2: I think a lot of it has to do with. Uh, so printmaking I always tell people this if they don't know much is you know if you want to if you really enjoy drawing uh, but you like to make your life more complicated and add a lot of steps potentially to making a drawing then do printmaking <laughs> because that's, that's essentially what you're doing and uh, so but that's really what it is for me is adding as many variables and things that I can like processes that I can learn and then use later in the future like you know this i just wish this was more red but just painting in some red there wouldn't do what i'm thinking but i also know this other technique where i can make a wood block and print some red on there and that's gonna be perfect and so for me the printmaking has just been like a nice little detour where i'm just picking up tons of skills in these really specific art making disciplines that nobody knows about don't feel like you know okay okay cool I, was, I have a question I have
1: to ask you are colorblind have you has someone gotten you those glasses yes so you I've can done, see? yeah oh, that's yeah. awesome what was that like
0: that was so that was the when I I put out questions the other day on oh, did you on uh, Facebook and Instagram and my parents put it out as a joke. My, like, my mom asked, what was it like sea color for the first time? And then my dad was like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah.
1: so I just remember you being like, that looks great, Mom, but I, I really can't give you <laughs> much because I can't see colors. <laughs> That's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> like, so so that just my,
0: like that. my aunt Karen and Uncle Jake gave me them for Christmas two, three years ago. Okay. And I didn't think much of it because I'm just like, it's like, it's I really went funny. this long without knowing. We <laughs> I didn't find out until I was a senior in high school. So, like, oh, okay. when my when I found out, my teacher really let it go, like, really let things really drag on. Like, we were doing, like, political science stuff or geography or whatever it was, and, like, I was coloring green stuff brown and <laughs> blue stuff purple and red, and green stuff red and vice versa. And then he finally, like, mid-year, he's like, hey, man, you got to stop doing this. And I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. And he goes, you're coloring the map wrong. And then I'm like... No, I'm not. And then I <laughs> showed him, like, green, blue, and he's like, oh, dear, dude. He doesn't know <laughs> yeah. those color. So I'm like, oh. i like, my bad.
2: Okay. I'll just pay
0: closer attention to what I'm using. He's like, are you colorblind? I'm like, no, I'm not colorblind. Have you <laughs> nah, been tested? Be I'm you. like, no. He goes, get tested. You might be colorblind. Sure enough, I'm colorblind.
1: Yeah, um, but That's a good way to find That's out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I put the glasses on, and they have, like, an orange tint to them. So I'm like, okay, so, like, everything is kind of more orangey. But when I was able to, they gave you, like, a little lens cleaner, and the lens cleaner is just, like, shades of colors, Yeah. Um, and, like, my eyes just can't pull them apart, so looking at the, like, the cloth, I saw, like, four colors, I'm like, oh, okay, and then I put the glasses on, and, like, you can see the layers of colors, so there was, like, 16 colors, I'm like, oh, shoot. You missed Um, a lot. Yeah, I'm missing quite a bit, and then they have, like, the eye color, like, the colorblind tests Uh where I take them and people are always like you're not colorblind you're just lying which is I don't know why I would lie about being colorblind it's not the coolest (laughs) lie that I can make up but but everyone thought I was lying so then they were like take the test then we'll know I'm like okay so I take the test like a hundred times and so I took the test and everyone's out there like we put it on the TV so I'm like it's four can't see it can't see it three and they're like oh my gosh <laughs> and then I put the glasses on and I'm like I'm like spotting all of them I'm wow. like this is what I'm missing this is what you guys are laughing <laughs> at like, yeah I'm like oh my gosh so it was actually it was pretty cool because I didn't realize I just never realized how colorblind I was sure because I'm like I just went through you know and the were like what color the sky I'm like it's blue but everyone says it's blue so I don't really <laughs> you know at is. this point so but yeah it's uh it was it was interesting because it, it wasn't more of those like you know the people who like cry and shock and everything like that. Yeah. Like I was a little emotional, I didn't cry, but it was more of a I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know my eyes were like stopping me from seeing yeah. all of these different shades." So it was more of like a it was really fascinating hmm. that my I I just didn't see what a lot of people did. That was the biggest thing.
1: Do you ever pull them out just to watch TV or something to so um, get a no, experience?
0: No, if I wear them too long, they give me a really bad headache. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No. I don't know what it does. Like, I'm not really sure of the science behind it. I just know if I, because I used to, like, wear them around. Yeah. I'm like, cool, cool. And then, like, I started to get really bad headaches. Yeah. And I think it's got, like, I think the it messes with the eyes enough for me to am like, mm-hmm. okay, I can't. So, um, so I don't do it at ton. time. Like, I don't pull them out. I pull them out eventually every once in a while. Like, i like, take the test and be like, cool, they still work. like, put them back away. <laughs> like, they run on batteries or something. Yeah. But, but, yeah, it was, uh, but, like, I do remember, your, like, where I'm just like, I don't, it looks good to me. Yeah, but, like, I, I, I am not the, I'm not the guy to, to like, does this color match dark. with this? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was the biggest thing for my house was when we were, Picking, like, designs and stuff. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, what do you want your house to look like? I'm like, oh, no, I'm just here to sign. Like, you're going to. She's like, well, you get the color choices. And I'm like, yeah. Just make them white. I'm like, yeah. I'm just like, what goes well together? She goes, well, there's a lot. And I'm like, well, I don't, I can't. I won't know the difference. And I'm like, do these colors (laughs) go together? She's like, no. And I'm like, well, I like both of these. And I don't know what they are. She's like, okay. So I'm like. She's like, just go white and black. You can't go wrong with white and black. I said, deal. And then she's (laughs) like, and then just like try to contrast things. Like, so if it's a really light color, this, go a dark. And then like, I'm like, okay, sweet. Let's just do that. So like, that's how my house is. It's just like white and black on the outside because it's very simple. You can't go wrong with it. And then in the inside, it's just like. Light floors, dark cabinets, light countertops. Like, cool. <laughs> kept it simple. Yeah, and then everyone's like, Are you going to paint your house? I'm like, I don't dare paint my house. get <laughs> some I mean, white walls. You should paint
1: it every year. <laughs> every year, pick a color. Paint it. Yeah. They
0: uh, walk in and they're like, What? Yeah, I'm like, just like, It's, it's my favorite it's, color. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's that's everyone gets a kick out of it because they're just yeah. Most, it's unique. Yeah, most people yeah. don't realize. Like especially if I'm in the middle of a conversation, I'm just like, we gave me the red scissors, and they're like,
1: "There's no Bruh. red scissors." They're looking
0: around, and they're like, "Where are they?" I'm like, "Right there." And they're like, "Where?" I'm like, "In front of you." They're like those are green. I'm like, eh, "Whatever they are, <laughs> just give them to me. I need the scissors. <laughs> I don't care what color they are. I just need the scissors." Yeah. So, um, so you were talking about uh, like you spent those last three years working on your showcase. Yeah. And like looking for like a theme. Um, so that was like one of the things is that I, one of the questions I have because like every artist that I'm aware of the famous ones like Van Gogh <laughs> and Da Vinci or whatever yeah. like they have everyone's got their own like style or theme or whatever it is so like do you guys have that personally um, or is it just kind of like whatever comes to your mind you guys put out on paper or block. <laughs>
2: yeah
1: I feel like we kind of have our own things and even though we're both artists are are projects are very different and the way we approach them are also very different like I like to do portraiture and make portraits um because I feel like people are the most important thing to people (laughs) kind of thing and I like to try to challenge myself to make it look like them and work from like a reference photo and make it look like exactly like that Mm. and I like to work um like what I like to call organized (laughs) like I like to work in like systematically with like the same approach every time doing the kind of like the same kind of steps. And so my process is pretty like just the same for every portrait but I also try to make it look like them and I don't know, it just is like a comfortable thing for me where I feel like that is like where my creative, like that's my space to go when I need things to be like streamlined, like comfortable, organized, like right kind of thing and I feel like that's different for Ben. (laughs) But.
2: <laughs> yeah i i think about just like what i'm doing and why a ton I'm that's kind of part of being a, a grad student in art too is like really doing tons of reading and and studying and learning about other people's motivations and then figuring out how that relates to you um, but i'm kind of a like a zone out into deep thought kind of a person so i'll just um, just sit there, and Mel might come up and be like, "What's going on?" And I'm like, "Back in the moment." <laughs> like, yeah, I was thinking about. Like, this. And then he something out. I was, I, was, uh, I, was, I was just thinking about this really deep thing, and then that led me to this other thing, and then that led me to this. And it, but it always, almost always, comes back to my childhood. And so, what I try to do with my art practice is just to. Gear whatever I'm making towards my natural thought process. And then similarly, I like to try to make myself think more. Like if I'm just in a place where I'm just going to sit there and just let my thoughts wander for a minute, I kind of try to guide them into that direction so that um, I'm kind of deciding what I'm thinking about, but then seeing where the thought goes within that. And again, that's kind of childhood, both. Like, my memories of being a kid in my own childhood, but then also, like, I'm a dad now, so what does it mean, what does childhood mean when you're a parent, and what does my kid's childhood mean to them, and what do I think that that means, and how does that compare to my own uh, experience as a kid? So, all of that stuff is fair game for what I'm going to make things about.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So, can you tell what, like... can you, I don't know It's like, if is it a secret I don't know how it matters. No, oh. no. school school for me is just kind of like that's one of those art things where I'm just kind of like I got an associate's and I almost got my bachelor's and I was like I don't think I'm good for school sure so like what what is your like your thesis right what is that kind of theme or like because mm-hmm. I, I imagine it's you've got to title it in some way yeah. so like what did you kind of narrow it down to
2: for that my thesis is specifically I'm um Making art that looks to me like the way it looks in my mind to remember my childhood, but with the layers of remembering that through my own experiences, remembering that through watching okay. my kids, gotcha. and so, in a word, it's layers. Um, okay. He means that literally. Yeah. He, oh, literally. I, I, yeah. I do <laughs> also put tons of like layers into each individual piece that I make. Gotcha. But yeah, what I'm really trying to do is make a picture that looks like what my thought process looks like in my head gotcha okay and then it's another thing that's significant about that though is that all of my memories have people i mean and if it's just me i'm still a person Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't draw or paint or make prints of people or the human figure um and i don't really know why other than i'm way more interested in like this memory of us talking right now i'd be more interested in the table and the chairs that we're sitting at rather than like you Uh, mel myself okay i see because to me those objects are really important to that experience and then also to like all the people that sit in the chair okay and so most of the art that i make also just deals with those objects and the spaces and the places that I remember. Gotcha. Awesome. Can you tell that he spent like three
1: years practicing I can, talking about I his can art? Tell. I can tell. <laughs> and then I'm over practicing. here just like jumbling out.
0: Do <laughs> yeah. like people. I like uh, painting people. <laughs> um, where do you guys so do you guys I know you've you had like a digital art thing and you've got your for for school, but do you ever put out art to art shows just like on your own, on your own free time or anything like that?
1: I've tried to start doing that. I hadn't before. So this is, like, the first big thing that I've tried to do, and it's in Ogden. So that's, like, the first time that I've tried to get my work out there anywhere. And I I feel like I'm working toward, like, the idea of making, like, a website for myself. And I also, I guess I've been trying to be more dedicated to putting out, like, evidence of my work, I guess you could call it, like, on YouTube. Right. (laughs) We have a YouTube channel that I post stuff on. Just, like video of me drawing kind of stuff like a time lapse yeah and talking about what I'm
2: making but yeah for me I so I've been uh I guess professionally exhibiting art for a few years now it's kind of just an expectation for so like when I was getting my bachelor's degree it was like an opportunity but kind of an expectation if you wanted to go anywhere with it is just you know you have to start getting yourself out there and so, yeah, I, I always apply to um, be in art shows that are calling for, like, something specific. So sometimes there will be something that's a show that's in whatever place, and they say, we want people to send us pictures of their work that's about Cars And then you send in whatever you have that you think fits, and then they have a jury process where they select works that are like, these ones aren't good, these ones are the ones we want in the show, and put them in okay. and let you know if you're in. I've done a lot of that, but now I'm more interested in doing solo stuff or okay. stuff where like I'm deciding what the theme is going to be or what the narrative is going to be. And so looking for spaces where I can put up and have like a show with me in it or a show with me in some other people that I know who have worked that's similar um, but yeah so the whole exhibitioning side of art the art world is a pretty big part of my process too
0: so this is also another question that is not written down that's okay in my head so like this is I'm gonna let Ben answer this first I'll let you okay. think on this okay, no. <laughs> okay. so um, with the putting your art out there like mm-hmm. it's a vulnerable thing to do like just if anybody does some sort of, whatever it is, even if, when it comes to, like work, like I have to go into other people's homes, yeah, and show them at 26 years old that, oh no, trust me, like I know how to properly remove all of the water out of your house and the mold and everything like that, and you have nothing to worry about. And I've got an 80 year old woman looking at me and be like this kid doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, so like it's a very vulnerable thing, and you're you are directly getting critiqued whether it's through being invited into whether you are submitting something and they get the hand shoes with they it or they don't um, or people show up and like you're just roaming around and people are saying oh, this is this this mm-hmm. like there's a lot of criticism to it so for you specifically how do you handle that negative or positive criticism and then for mal how do you do it with
2: also, adding into the factor of you know the mental illness side of things. Mm-hmm. So, the my like best advice that and I try to give this like I said I teach some classes now which is really great I love teaching but because I get to like pass on stuff that I took years to learn and mm-hmm. just like give it to people for free right or for the price of tuition. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one thing that I love is in academia, in the school side of art, um, it's just expected that you go through formal critiques. So it's like, if that looks like your class has five projects that you do in a semester at the end of each project, everyone puts their work on the wall, and then it's like an open forum, and people just say, like, this works, this doesn't work, you should fix this, and just giving you honest feedback on what you're seeing. And that is really difficult, because especially when you start making stuff about something personal, like you make work about yourself right? in some way. And so you're assuming you like actually put some effort into it and things. You put like your soul, you put yourself into that thing then you put it up on the wall. And especially in a critique format, people are just like trying to tear you apart because that's kind of like the point. Right. <laughs> and you just, it's so hard on the first instinct, even for me still, not to take it personally. Mm. Like you, at the end, often you feel like, man, these people hate me no they don't hate me they hate my work or maybe even they don't hate my work. <laughs> it's just like they're just trying to help me notice the potential flaws but in any case it's so easy to say don't take it personally but it's so hard to follow that advice and my biggest um, piece of advice for people is one don't fall into the trap of defending yourself too much in a critique so like If I put something up, someone will say, well, this is a problem. And then I'll say, well, this happened because of this. Mm -hmm. And then someone else says another thing. Well, this happened because of this. Right. Rather, I just say, get a a notebook or a sketchbook and write down every single thing someone says. Uh, Just write that down so that you can process it later. Just all you're doing right now is you're being described. You're just a note taker. Uh, You can respond to these things later. And then later, sit down and analyze those things. And I like to just, if it's it's right, I'm like, ah they're right. I have mm-hmm. to, like, I was wrong, they're right. I don't like that they're right, but I can be humble <laughs> and accept that and use that the next time I make a, a painting or whatever. Gotcha. But if they're wrong, I just scribble the crap out of it. <laughs> like, you are so wrong and I'm deciding that you're wrong and, and that it it's cathartic and, but it's like, good, it's a good bit of closure and it's also, you can handle it in a personal way that doesn't make the other person feel small and it doesn't make you right. feel bad. Um, But yeah, so figuring out a way to compartmentalize those things that one, no one, no one is going to, even if you explain it, is going to be able to feel or understand the feelings that you have for that thing that you spent so long on. And two, people just say stuff and whether they mean it or not, it doesn't really matter. Just don't take it too personally. Right. Okay.
0: You're on.
1: (laughs) I have a little bit of a different experience than him because I haven't been in any art classes like in a formal setting where they put my work on a wall and critique me. So mostly the biggest critique for my stuff is myself, which is sometimes brutal because I oh, yeah. I'm kind of a rage quit kind of person where I just am like I this isn't working scribble it out toss it out rip it up shred it. Kind of. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Ben's always like you didn't have to do that you could have kept going you could have saved it and I'm like no I, I'm done with this it needs to be gone forever I'll start over it'll be better next time. And so I think for me the hardest part of my approach to like criticism has been like giving myself that space to like be mad at at it but keep going and not rage quit and tear it up burn it and to kind of work from the like kind of approach it with a happy accident not a mistake kind of thing Mm -hmm. work through it and just try to be aware of, like, it's okay if I don't feel like making something today. Or it's okay if I feel like I'm starting to slow down a little bit and kind of recognize and honor that, too. Like, if I just am not in that space today, I can still draw, but I don't have to be, like, I has to be perfect today. Like, mm-hmm. it can just be just a creative time for me. It doesn't have to be make a masterpiece Fair kind enough. of session. But
0: And you guys still, you guys make uh, or, like, put all your stuff out. Like, you have, like... A-
1: Instagram. Instagram pages and stuff yeah. like
0: that too right okay yeah I'm uh for those listening like you have to look at some of the stuff because it's really really cool like I every time I see one of your guys' work I just like I get I go through it and I've seen all I just like I've seen all of them but like I'll go back into the page and then like scroll through them again yeah. I'm like okay nice. like, it's it, they are really cool and like it's something that a lot of people should see so like when I put this out like send me all the stuff so I can add everything to it <laughs> okay. so that everybody can go see them and okay. give you props and whatnot. So so um, I appreciate this guys I really it's been good to sit down I, I haven't I really haven't done this with Melody since we were yeah like 18,
2: 70s. 19 yeah.
0: and I've never done it with, with you um, and so it's it's been cool it's been good to because I've known I've known Melody for so long and I've technically known know, you for I... so long <laughs> yeah. but I've never had a sit down conversation yeah. like it's been nice to do that and catch up and be able to kind of pick your brains a little bit so um, I don't know if, I know Melody's listened to a couple I don't know if you have but at the end of every podcast um, I just like whoever I'm talking to um, I ask them to give a piece of life advice mm-hmm. to whoever's listening um, now or future generations your kids if they ever listen to this um, what's some life advice that you can give to them to either help them have a successful life or a happy life or whatever it may be and I'll let you guys play rock for on which one
2: goes first Oh, I know Mel's been thinking about it, so Oh, before. no! <laughs>
1: you're just getting back at me because I missed your answer first all of the other side. No, <laughs> oh, that, was, that was just so that I can have more time to think. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Okay, I guess what I kind of think that my advice would be is to mm, be honest about where you're actually at, like emotionally, mentally, or whatever's going on in your life. Just be honest with yourself and don't try and like be in denial or talk yourself out of things like if there's something going on that isn't right or it doesn't feel like it's um, good or productive for whatever your goals are then you should tell somebody you don't have to be alone in anything like there's always um, there's always somebody that's willing to be there for you and so it's better to speak up than to suffer alone for no reason other than you just want to be stubborn <laughs> kind <enough>. of thing. <laughs>
2: I think mine is kind of like a cliche piece of life advice, but it's just based in like, even if you fail at something, you still have the opportunity to learn from doing that thing, and uh, and I, I relate that to like my the way I approach art. So Mel said like she's a kind of a rage quitter, so she might tear it up or burn it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for me, if when I mess up, I'm like, oh well, I'm just throw another layer on that puppy (laughs) and just keep going until like okay i feel like this is good and so that's my life advice is just throw another layer on there and you know if it didn't work out maybe you do have to quit that one little thing because it's just so far gone but then try it again and just keep going it just gets better every time with any aspect of life
0: i love it all right guys well again i appreciate it um i don't want to keep you guys too long I don't want to be keep being too loud for your kids. So <laughs> I'll let it go. Um, let, let it go in peace. But um, I'll have everybody check out all your stuff. Cause like I said, it's, it's neat stuff. It's really, really, really good stuff. So thank you, thank you for this. And hopefully we can do it again because this was a lot of fun. Definitely. That's it. Yeah. Thanks.